previously on see you in another life brothers sorry i got on your nerves because i couldn't translate the words on that map the other day that's all right uh, it seemed like total gibberish anyway but but that's the thing that's why i came here i came here to tell you that it wasn't gibberish it was song lyrics well what song was it you all everybody Ugh, not this again if you're gonna sing it at least do it right you all everybody you all everybody you all everybody no i think it's you all everybody it's clearly you all everybody you all everybody you all everybody (sighs) dang it we're fighting again Hey everybody and welcome to another episode of See You in Another Life Brothers. You like how I enunciated every syllable that time? We've got quite a few syllables going on there. Yeah, it's like let me count them. See you in another life brothers. That's nine syllables in our title. I don't know. We were harping last week on how long the episode title was, but we have a long episode title of this show. Uh, it's I hope, true. I hope the creators of Lost don't listen to this. Actually, I do. That'd be nice. That'd be cool if they would. But if they ever listen to it, they're gonna get get us complaining last week that they have too long a title, and then the hypocrisy because our title is pretty long. So, mm. yeah, that's it, gonna be a awkward, awkward conversation when we uh, when we get them on the podcast to talk about it for sure. I'm gonna get an email from Damon Lindelof, and he's gonna be like, it's just gonna be. Just him giving me the middle finger or something and uh it'll be really cool but it'll also break my heart please yeah, don't do that damon just imagine emmy winning uh producer writer damon lindelof taking time to not even reply to an email but just email you out of the blue a jpeg image of him giving you the middle <laughs> finger <laughs> Yeah, it'll probably be him. I I think though, the the only solace I'll take is that Carlton Cuse will probably be a lot more cool about it. He'll probably be like, <laughs> you know what, it's fine. He seems like he's pretty chill. Whenever you watch the DVD commentaries and stuff, he's chill. Damon probably pretty high strung though. Yeah, imagine Carlton Cuse just being like, you know what, they're right. It was too long. We should have, <laughs> you know. And I mean, even the fact that their episode title was so long, it's, you know, that's, but they they had enough uh, self-awareness to realize it. So it's okay, Damon, just cool it, cool it, Damon. I can just picture him. He's, he's trying to hold him back and Damon's going to, I'm going to, I'm going to kill him. Mean, so. Meanwhile, Damon is just full Jack, you know, full boil. <laughs> he's going to go full, ca- full Jack on me, or should I say full crazy bank robber Kate? what Mm. see what i did there because this episode that we're talking about today features crazy bank robber kate Mm -hmm. in quite a turn yeah quite a turn who who would have known that she would be involved in a bank robbery i guess we had a little bit of hint because you know she's the she's the fugitive so you're not quite sure what she did but i guess we kind of find out a little bit about her criminal rap sheet in this episode Mm-hmm. Yeah, I 
it it's kind of interesting, you know, thinking about at this point not knowing anything about what she had done because the previous Kate episode, you know, just kind of showed like her on the run, I guess, you know. Um and this one beginning with the whole bank robbery thing it's almost like, oh, is this her origin story? Like somehow, mm-hmm. <laughs> you know. Um, but yeah, it's it's pretty it's a pretty cool look into uh, her um, as a criminal and seeing kind of the things that she was capable of uh, pre crash, pre island stuff. So, and a lot of this episode hinges on that that wondering, like Sawyer's mm-hmm. wondering, Jack's wondering, what what is the deal? With Kate and we're wondering it too because you know starts out with her and even in the flashback where she's she seems pretty mild-mannered but uh we find out she's she's willing to do some stuff to get some stuff that's for sure mm-hmm. that yep. is for sure so whatever the case may be I think we should address that right off the top a very clever title mm-hmm. but I think I would say it's better than last week's title Solid I would, title. I would agree with you there. I uh, I like any time. I feel like Lost uh, varies between. I I like the fact that their titles don't feel super uniform, mm-hmm. um, for episodes. You know, they'll have one that's kind of a, kind of funny, and then another one that you know, gets more significance once you've seen the entire episode, or, uh, you know. I don't know. They've they've got good variety in the episode titles, and to have one that's just a straight up pun, I I really appreciate it. <laughs> mm-hmm. Yeah, it's a it's a pun, but it's also kind of clever. It's whatever the case may be, where it's it's got a little deep mm-hmm. meaning to it. Where Kate, whatever the case may be, she's willing to do whatever it takes to mm-hmm. get what she wants. I think that's kind of there's also that meaning into it, other than the pun, of course, for sure. Yeah. So you hear that, Damon? You hear that right now? I'm I'm giving you a compliment on your title this time. So please don't send me that email. Please. I beg you. Carlton, just, you know, calm him down. Come on. I'm still going to get that email. Yeah. It's, anyway. it's definitely going to happen. I like to imagine that those two are still uh, constantly together. I, I only picture them, you know, Damon Lindelof, Carlton Cuse. They're still hanging out, just listening mm-hmm. to podcasts. Still chillaxing, just, you know, mm-hmm. uh, plotting at how they could do a Lost reboot. Please don't oh, do that, on. by the way. Don't do I that. Don't. It, I mean, it sounds good in theory, but just let it be. Let's let it be. <laughs> so, I, I suppose, let's just dive right in and talk about this as we do the opening scene where we have Kate up in the tree, uh, picking some fruit off on her own, which mm-hmm. Sawyer brings up a good point. Not, not maybe not the wisest thing to do there. Uh, mm-hmm. Claire just got abducted. What are you doing, Kate? Mm-hmm. Yeah. It, it, I like the fact that, yeah, he is making sense with that. You know, you're like, wait, <laughs> someone just got kidnapped out in the jungle. Mm-hmm. Yeah. And as Kate puts it, she says, I'm fine. I can take care of myself, which is an interesting line because I mean, she's saying, I'm fine. I can take care of myself. And then right after that, you know, we, we have this waterfall out there. They find the beautiful 
uh, pond and they go for a swim. And then we get the uh, creepy, creepy dead people <laughs> at the bottom. They're creepy. Not cool, guys. Just going from a going from a you know scene that was kind of lighthearted to something utterly terrifying. <laughs> Come on, Lost. What are you doing? Toying with me? I thought this was going to be a happy episode where Kate and Sawyer just go for a swim and then just have some fun. You know, thought that was what it was going to be. That's but it. No, we get these dead people, and then Kate sees the case, and the Kate who was just saying, "I can take care of myself," she says. Help me with that case to Sawyer. Mm. <laughs> just, I thought that was interesting. Just the turn right there. Kate, I can take care of myself, but she needs help with the case now. Kind of, kind of a turn there. Yeah. Yeah. I thought it was interesting. The, the episode begins with her being on her own and it really feels like, you know, uh, they're showing her as being, I can take care of myself. I'm self-sufficient and all of that. Um, and she's foraging for food on her own, all, all of those things. It felt like immediately there, the writers are putting her in a situation where it's like, oh yeah, Kate is strong, independent, all this stuff. And then as the episode went on from there, I was noticing like so much of this episode, uh, is kind of hinges on, uh, Jack and Sawyer trying to, insert themselves like in her life you know to to be like what Mm -hmm. is in this case you know like what uh, like Sawyer just wants to know uh about her from that Jack wants to know what she's hiding um and it was just interesting to see from the beginning of the episode Kate is just trying to be on her own and you know prove that she is self-sufficient in that in those ways and a lot of the episode from from that point onward is her trying to, you know, maintain that. But also there's, you know, she needs Sawyer's help. You know, she can't get away from um, the other people surrounding her, especially those two. But yeah, totally. She's trying to be on her own. I think that that really kind of sums up her motivation in this episode. She wants to do what she, you know, she wants that plane in that case. That's what she Mm -hmm. wants. And she wants to get it on her own. Uh, And she's willing to bring Sawyer in, bring Jack in. But she's doing it by lying. uh, Because she gets Sawyer to help her with the case in the pond there by saying, it's mine. Uh, He's like, why would I help you with it? No, it's mine. Help me with it. So he does. Uh, And then Sawyer being the judge of character he is you know when she's holding that case afterwards he's that case ain't yours is it hmm. and kate does come clean and then she lies again basically by saying to him i don't care you can take it which <laughs> so once again it's not what it looks like so hmm. kate is willing to constantly sort of in this episode is sort of the refrain of the episode kate's lying right and left on our way to try to get what she wants. Mm-hmm. Just... Yeah. And, and like you said, Sawyer, uh, ever the judge of character and everything, you know, he, he uh, can see that she's lying and he can kind of see through it and he just needs to know why, <laughs> you know, I mean, it, 
you can you can clearly see like some of his motivation throughout the episode that he's just like almost egged on by the fact that she uh is trying to manipulate him so that uh she can get the case like at some point he's just like i i just need to know <laughs> you know you just tell me you know mm-hmm. um but like from the beginning of the episode you can see that he's just like um like he wants to know about kate but he also just wants to know what is so important about this case yeah totally sawyer i the way i see it in this episode sawyer and this kind of goes back to confidence man this kind of goes back to some of the early episodes with him and kate where he he he's continually kind of tried to convince kate that they're not so different he and her mm-hmm. that he he's convinced of it he knows her type um and he kind of had the victory in confidence man where he got her to kiss him for you know for the inhalers there uh and in this episode, he he's convinced of it that, you know, she has this dark past. It's, it's never been officially stated that she does, but Sawyer knows it. And I think he's just kind of wanting that confirmation because hmm. uh, they've just danced around it this whole time. And so he he wants to get it from her some way, somehow, and... Kate's never willing to give it to him. Kate just doesn't want to give him the satisfaction. That's why uh, I've, I was kind of thinking, why does she say, uh, why does she admit that it's not hers there? Uh, mm. It's because if she admitted it was hers, then she'd have to explain what's in there. And she doesn't want to tell him what's in there. You know, mm-hmm. she doesn't, she, she just can't give him the satisfaction so she's got to work her way around it. it. Makes it a lot more difficult for herself. And also, I kind of wonder if she was also even kind of lying to herself in that moment, you know, where he asked, where he says, "So you wouldn't care if I take it?" And she's like, "No, I don't." I mm-hmm. think she's kind of fighting that a little bit too, where she she feels that desire to get that plane because it what it represents, but she also just wants to cut ties with it, maybe. Might right. be another way to interpret that. Yeah, and I mean, yeah, it could also be just, you know, trying to figure out the motivations of her, you know, in that moment. There could also be something of maybe if she, uh, you know, denies that she has any attachment to it, if he's able to get it open at some point, maybe she could, you know, somehow sneak in and steal the contents of it you know like at least steal the plane Mm -hmm. um and uh you know without him realizing like oh it was it was her you know like without him gaining any knowledge or insight into her uh from that you know if if she just denies like oh it's definitely not mine um maybe she can you know somehow get it away from him at some point but um but yeah i mean like throughout the whole episode i mean the first kind of the first half of this episode is primarily for for Kate's storyline is her and uh Sawyer the two of them just like kind of cat and mouse you know like trying to uh get each of them trying to get the case open somehow you know like get to what's inside the case 
which feels like a really interesting um, change of pace for Lost at this point. I feel like uh, this episode suddenly is just like, oh, a very clear, um, at least for like the like the first half of the episode is a very clear, you know, just, oh, there's a case. Kate uh, somehow knows what's in there. You know, it's uh, she wants what's inside. Sawyer just wants to know why she wants to know what's inside. And so he's trying to break it open. You know, I mean, just like a very straightforward plot uh, for a series that has kind of had so far plots that zig and zag a lot, Mm -hmm. Um, which, you know, is kind of kind of a cool change of pace. But yeah, it's a I like how you put it, the cat and mouse game. It is pretty funny to watch Sawyer try to get into that case. I love the scene where he's picking the lock on the Halliburton and uh, <laughs> Michael and Hurley giving him a hard time. That's this is perfect. Um, mm-hmm. You always like you like the. It's fun to see Sawyer kind of sweat a little bit because he's always so kind of calm and in control. In those moments, it's it's fun. Mm-hmm. Um, and him trying to smash his way through the case, uh, and then Kate taking it from him. It's almost like a Tom and Jerry cartoon for a little while there. Mm-hmm. Um, Absolutely. Back and forth. But I think, yeah, that it's very clear motivation. But I do think there's a scene in there in that early part of the episode. After, you know, after Kate um, says, I don't care. And Sawyer takes it from her. There's the scene where she's sitting by the fire and Sawyer comes and walks through with the case, and she kind of looks at it. And this kind of goes to my interpretation where I think she's she's telling herself she doesn't care in that scene mm. because she looks at the case, and then right then we get the flashback um, to the bank. The, and I think sometimes in Lost, it, it, the flashbacks they play as sort of memories for the characters. I don't think it's always the case, but like in White Rabbit, back when we talked about that one, I feel like that episode, it was clear that Jack was remembering those moments um, Mm. that we're seeing in the flashbacks. And in this one, I feel like Kate is remembering as well that the memory of the bank heist kind of inspires her to once again go after the case. Even Sawyer has it now. Uh, because she remembers the length she went to originally to get that plane. Uh, Just the craziness of orchestrating a bank heist to get just a little trinket out of a safe deposit box. And I think that kind of, it inspires her or it either inspires her to do it or it, spurs her on subconsciously to make that same mistake again because Mm. she once again in the episode we see her like she did in the bank heist where she manipulates these guys into robbing a bank for her so that she can get in the box she decides to um, try to manipulate in a way Sawyer a little bit but more so Jack when she goes to him in order to get into that, to get it. Like Mm -hmm. she obviously cares about this bank robber guy 
because you know they have the moment where they make out when they when she he pulls her into the back room. Mm-hmm. They kind of had a little bit of a relationship there. How real it was, you can debate it, but once again, Kate is going back to that old way of doing things where she's manipulating a guy into getting what she really wants. Mm-hmm. Yeah, and and I think you're I think you're right. Like that, there is uh, even even in that you know you're right o- about a few things there. Like one one thing is that uh, I think there was somewhat of a relationship with her and the and the guy. Uh, in the bank heist, because I think as soon as he reveals, you know, like that to the the manager that she was in on it from the beginning, mm-hmm. and he takes his mask off and all that stuff, she's like horrified because, um, you know, it for her that was the moment where she's doing the math in her head and realizing like, oh, I can't let this guy kill this manager. You know, and so she's horrified because she has to turn on her own people, basically. You know, the the fellow um, bank robbers and everything. Um, and I think that was not not always part of the plan that no. she was going to have to shoot all of them. <laughs> you know, and so like you can kind of see uh, in that scene that she is reluctantly realizing, like, oh well, this is now this is now the reality that I'm having to deal with. Like she, and she's upset by it. Yeah. Um, in addition to that, you know, I, I think, um, that there is something to her, you know, like, like as you're talking about it, I feel like it makes sense of some of the things I was thinking in watching the episode that she wants to convince herself that she can, uh, move on. Like it doesn't matter. But then when she sees the case again, you know, it kind of and she remembers the cost that it took to get um, the plane, uh, you know, then it spurs her on. I think that makes sense because I throughout the episode, you're like, man, all that for a plane like this little like trinket sort of thing. Um, And it almost feels like it makes more sense if it's something that she just simply can't let go of rather than something um to me that's like oh this is the this is like a really prized possession that i need to get at all costs it almost feels more like it makes sense if it's something that um she would be ashamed if she let go of because of you know what what it has meant to her um over time and and what she ended up having to do to get it in the first place. Um, but yeah, so I, I think there is kind of a um, internal struggle for, for Kate throughout the episode uh, about what she will do to get it back. Yeah, totally. I think, and back to your point about what, that, that moment when he takes off the mask at the, the bank robber and he's going to shoot the manager I think you're right about Kate. That's clearly when it changes for Kate um, because she can't let him kill a guy. That's not what she's there for. She's not, she's not a murderer. She's just there to get what she wants, the the plane. But in another way, it's also, she's horrified because she can't let him kill him. You know, she knows what she has to do, but she, he also revealed that she was the one who orchestrated it to the bank manager. Mm. 
which is a big thing because that, I don't think that was ever part of the, clearly that was never part of the plan because he's seen her face. Right. So she always intended just to go under the wire with this. Like they get into the cage and maybe she just gets that safe deposit. box. I'm thinking about that now. How would that work though? Cause she had to, at some point ask him to get the key. So right. maybe there's yeah, a little there... plot hole there. Um, that is one thing where it's like, how was she going to pull that off then? You know, but maybe, maybe they, uh, maybe they were planning on at some point introducing her as like a hostage and then it just played out better because she had to grab that gun earlier or something. But, um, but yeah, another, well, another thing while we're talking about that whole part of it, I just love the, um, kind of mirroring in that scene where she has the gun and she's like, I don't know how to use a gun. And that whole thing, how that mirrors her in, I think it was pilot part two, Mm-hmm. Um, with with the gun and saying, does anybody know how to use a gun? Um, and I, I just think that was kind of a clever thing to put in the flashback. Like, oh, she's she's done that before, so that's why you know uh, it felt natural for her to do that when she grabs a gun later um, on the island and everything. Just kind of a kind of a cool thing playing on our expectations with that. But yeah, totally, and that's Kate it's sort of setting up the dichotomy that or the 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 alternate personality the secret identity that Kate is trying to uh hide her secret identity that she's trying to hide in this episode in the bank heist is that she's the one who orchestrated the bank heist and she's putting on this false persona of this innocent woman who's just a photographer who's gotten in over her head uh and she's putting that on in the bank heist it's clear that because she's we see it very clearly in this episode because she's has a fake name she's maggie so -hmm. clearly she's um being false here but she also has the false persona on the island uh even though she's using her real name there and i think she's gotten so good at it that she doesn't have to even use fake name anymore. She's just Kate the saint or Kate the the good person who's mm. who's more like a Jack than a Sawyer. And that's what she's trying to keep intact in this episode mm. on the island because she won't she won't give Sawyer the satisfaction of knowing why she wants the case because if she did, she'd have to admit that it's the plane of the man, which eventually she does that, that she killed or had a hand in his death. Um, and she won't, she can't admit it to Jack, even though Jack knows about her past, she still can't let him fully in there. She wants to, you know, keep some distance, keep some, you know, she doesn't want to fully let him in. She wants to keep kind of the lie going. Mm-hmm. Uh, and that's why she's, you know, she's lying about this case and wants to open it herself and doesn't want anyone else to get in there. Mm-hmm. Yeah. yeah. And, and yeah, so like along the way, she's being deceptive and kind of protecting her 
protecting her persona that she's trying to create for herself. And so much so to the point where when she finally does, you know, in that scene, I've always thought it was just kind of an interesting um, moment that when she takes the plane out and Jack is like, you know, like, what's what's the story here? Like, what what is, give me something real, you know, for once or whatever. Um which feels unfair because she just did that, you know, in the, <laughs> in I think the last episode. Mm-hmm. Um, but uh, that whole thing, you know, um, anyway, she says, you know, it belonged to the man I loved. And Jack doesn't believe her. You know, he's like, like, no, like, tell me, like, for real. And she's like, it belonged to the man I loved. And he's like, no, like, tell me. And she says, I, it belonged to the man I killed. And then he, he believes her and i've always thought that was just kind of an interesting moment like does he um just assume because of her deception up until this point that the first thing that she tells him is a lie or is it hard for him to believe that that would be her motivation i don't know i don't know if you have any thoughts on that i just have always found that kind of an interesting moment between those two characters yeah, I, you bring up a good point with Jack. Jack, in this episode, it's really interesting when he comes on board um, because Kate goes to him and presents it as we have a problem. And Kate, and Jack automatically sees through it. It's, you know, it's like, do we have a problem or do you have a problem? Mm. Um, he's, Jack is automatically wary of Kate from the get-go because... He's just having a hard time trusting her. And what we've seen from Jack, you know, we just watched all the, and all the best cowboys. Um, Jack, he has a hard time with letting go of his father's mistake. And I think in the same way here, he's having a hard time letting go of Kate being, uh, not, totally forthright with him he just can't handle there's something about jack where he can't handle any level of imperfection Mm. and i think in in his relationship with kate here he's having trouble and and in one way you you can understand it it's it'd be frustrating if you you have a friendship and maybe even something more than that developing with this woman and you just keep running into this wall of she's okay she might be a fugitive she won't tell you what she did um and it's it's one of those where you can see the sense of frustration but in another sense and jack in that scene there at the end where he, he keeps pushing we see it's in the, in that nature of his character where he pushes too far. That's how I see it, because he's he just needs that perfection. He needs that total truth. And Jack is the type where he just always goes too far, mm. and that's what happens in that scene where he finally pushes and Kate. Um, breaks basically 
That's what I see. And then Ken, and then Jack looks at her afterwards, and he's, I think he sent he he feels bad because he he pushed to a place where she's just broken down, um, and he's he's angry because you know it belonged to the man I killed. Sounds like an admission of well, she's a murderer, but it's also um, he feels bad because he's friends with Kate, mm. and he pushed too hard. So mm-hmm. it's it's complicated in that way. Yeah. Like like she said in the episode, you know, you're the only one who knows about me, you know, like who knows at least something about like she was a fugitive, I guess. You know, he he's the only one who is aware of that of her um secret in that way. Um mm-hmm. and then yeah, he he goes too far. I think that makes a lot of sense. Well, and I was also thinking about just a another scene with Jack from this episode that felt uh, I was thinking about it and it's like, it almost feels out of character for him um, was the scene with he and Sawyer uh, when mm. he's getting the case from, from Sawyer yeah. and he's got that just flat out threat to not give him the medicine he needs, um, which yeah. for, for Jack feels like, well, I think Sawyer sees through it, you know, initially, and is like, even if that were true, you know, like, that's a really good story or whatever, you know, you wouldn't be able to go through with it. Um, And I think he's totally right. Like, I don't think there's any world in which Jack would have been okay for something like that, for the case, not giving him the medicine he needs. Like, I don't think he could ethically bring himself to that point. Um, but my, my, my interpretation of part of that character motivation in, in the scene was, um, Jack has just been through a ton of stuff with, um, with Charlie and with Ethan and all that stuff. And it's almost like he's, he knows, uh, in this scene with Sawyer, he has to be like in the wild, you know, like, like we've kind of talked about between Jack and Sawyer from the beginning, Sawyer says, I'm in the wild and you're still in civilization. And so he, he's been through so much traumatic stuff just recently. He knows he has to go really, really intense with Sawyer to get what he wants. Um, but I don't know. It, it still, as soon as that scene began, I was like, I don't remember this. This feels like way out of character for Jack, mm-hmm. but yeah, I agree. I had that same reaction when it's one of those where you you roll your eyes and you're like, "Yeah, right, Jack." Where you right. would let you would let him get to that point where he wanted to cut off his arm. That's and he's clearly lying. And Sawyer sees through that where he's like, "It's a nice story, Jack, but even if it were true, um, I don't think you could do it." Um, and Jack says, "You're wrong." But and Sawyer knows he's lying there. Yet mm-hmm. Sawyer still gives him the case. And I thought, that seems weird. That seems out of character, too, for Sawyer to give him the case. But what I think is the key to the scene is when Sawyer, when he gives him the case and he holds onto the handle and uh, he says, I know you think you're doing her a favor, but however she talked you into this doing, you're doing this, she lied, brother which is Sawyer's way of getting victory in that scene mm-hmm. because what he, what he sees is Jack 
basically going going into the wild like you're saying to get the Kate case for Kate because he doesn't understand that Jack's doing this because mainly because he wants the guns. He thinks he's doing it because he cares about Kate, which I don't think that's fully Jack's more practical. He's like, we need to get these guns out of Sawyer's hands. Mm -hmm. Um, And so what he's doing there is undermining Jack's motivation basically by saying, by saying what he knows to be the case, which of course Sawyer's right. She she lied. Sawyer gets to the core of Kate because he understands who Kate is because Kate is very similar to Sawyer in that what she's doing in this whole episode is she's conning Jack into getting her the case mm-hmm. and trying to, you know, get it for her own selfish motivations and what she did in the flashback with the bank robbery. So yeah, both both characters doing something that seems out of character, but I think it, it makes sense based on what you're talking about with Jack's kind of burnt out at this point, even though he doesn't have a flashback episode coming up for a while, but he's, <laughs> he's still, he's, he's just like, you know what? Screw it. I want to get this case out of his hands anyway. I know how, and I'm just kind of, I'm, I, I'm willing to just lie to do it. And mm-hmm. Sawyer is, you know, giving in, but not really giving in. Mm-hmm. Yeah. Jack's still coming down off the high of his last episode um (laughs) from last week but um and yeah i think i think you're totally right about sawyer with you know like that being the most important line of the scene you know that he's you know saying kate lied and everything and i love that you know it feels at first like why would sawyer you know sawyer can tell he's such a good judge of character like he he can tell that jack is bluffing but i love that he gives him the case and then almost you know, gives it to him and then uh, twists it by saying, you know, Kate lied to you. And he's right, you know, like he he knows what's going on, at least in that area of Kate is, you know, conning you to get whatever she wants from this case and all that. Um, And yeah, I just think it's, it's a very interesting scene, uh, especially because it does a couple things with both of those characters that we really wouldn't expect um yeah it's it's an interesting uh thing those those three characters throughout this episode um and their differing motivations and um ambitions throughout you know centered around this case Mm -hmm. um are really interesting you know it's kind of a kind of a cool way to show where each of them is at at this point in the story yeah, I think you're right about the three of them. It, 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 for a Kate episode that centers on Kate, I feel like this one got a lot of specifically, I mean, we get Sawyer, but Jack, we get a lot of revealing stuff about Jack in this episode. Um, mm-hmm. Like what we were talking about with the end, of course, where he's pushing too far on Kate. We see that about him. We understand that's who Jack is. He's He's driven... Uh, and driven to almost a fault there. But we also see him with Sawyer in that scene where he's he's willing to, he says he's willing to do that, but he's not really. We learn, we, we see that with Jack. I think another scene that can kind of get under, you know, uh, can kind of get ignored is the scene where they have to dig up the marshal uh, and the line mm-hmm. at the beginning where 
Kate says, why didn't you bury him with the others? And Jack says, because I needed to bury him. That says that speaks volumes about Jack and speaks volumes about why the whole thing with Sawyer was complete bullcrap when he's telling him that he, <laughs> you know, I, I would let you die. No, you wouldn't. Cause you, you bury you, you yourself had to bury this Marshall. That's how you attached you are to your patients. Mm-hmm. Um, he needed to do it. And that speaks volumes about Jack. Uh, and then the other the other quick Jack moment is actually at the beginning of the episode where he's talking to Saeed when they're pulling the stuff out out of the the waves, and he he begs Saeed to take him back to the French woman uh, to because he need he that's the only way he can think of to get with Claire you know to get Claire um, that's how far Jack would go to get Claire back too. So I think that's also, we we just understand a lot about Jack in this episode with those few scenes where that they characterize him very well. He's driven he to a fault um, and he can't let go. Um, so yeah, I, I thought very, very revealing about him. Mm-hmm. Yeah. Yeah. I love how in all of those scenes, yeah, there is kind of the, the classic Jack, uh, trait of not being able to let go of something um and yeah we'll see we'll see plenty more of that as these episodes go on but um yeah i you kind of forget about well it's it's interesting when you think about episodes in particular just kind of remembering them off the top of your head you know oh it, it was a kate episode or a sawyer episode or something and it's cool to see especially like in episodes like this one how many really interesting uh, moments there are for characters that were not the center, you know, of the flashbacks or the center of the the main plot uh, of the episode. Um, that's one of one of my favorite aspects of Lost is just the way it tells those so many stories uh, and interweaves them in in such cool ways. So. Mm-hmm. Yeah, totally. But of course, this is a Kate episode. So I think um, maybe we should finish the discussion on this portion with Kate. It's you you do find out a lot about Kate. As far as I think the main the main lesson we learned about Kate in this episode is that she she wants to be a better person. Um but she can't do that by the right means mm-hmm. uh, because the right means to uh, growing or becoming better in this episode, the right way to Kate could have gone about it, about it is she could have told Sawyer what's in the case. That would have made a lot shorter episode, but if she had just, <laughs> been honest with Sawyer, although she probably wouldn't want to told him about the guns or right. be honest with Jack would probably have been a better choice. She could have just taken the case to Jack, told him what's in the case, told him about the plane, told him the whole story, kind of maybe even had sort of a, a moment where she can just kind of let it out and talk about it, have a therapy session in a way. Um, I don't know how good a therapist Jack would be. Probably not great. <laughs> But 
Kate wants to be a better person, but she's doing it by building it on lies, building it on deception. And I think that's the tragedy of her character in this episode because it, it leads to that moment where she admits that it belonged to the man I killed and she's crying and she's alone when she does that. Mm-hmm. And she's sitting by the fire alone, holding the plane, looking at it. She's stuck with her own demons, basically. There's no one else with her. Mm. And that's that's the tragedy of Kate in this episode. Mm-hmm. Yeah, it's interesting. I hadn't thought about it until you just pointed out, you know, it's, she, it, it's a tragedy and she ends up alone. Um, the episode begins and ends with her on her own. Yeah. And at the beginning, you feel like she's she's almost, you know, like peacefully out there. She's up in a tree, you know, gathering fruit and all this stuff. And she seems like uh, doing well. She's, uh, I keep using the phrase like self-sufficient. You know, she's independent. She's doing doing it all on her own. And it seems like she's doing great with it. And then the episode goes off from there. And throughout the course of the episode, she's trying to maintain that facade you know that persona that she's building up that that we were talking about earlier and because it's more complicated than just being able to create your own reality your own character and stuff um she ends up tragically alone but lonely you know alone but not happy about it Mm -hmm. um so it's just kind of interesting. A lot of the episode then almost feels like an internal journey for Kate because she begins and ends it by herself, but she's been through a lot of stuff to end up, you know, in a much different mental state than she was at at the beginning. Yeah. And I'm not sure. Yeah, you you make a very good point about it's a journey from being alone and satisfied to being alone and miserable. Um but I don't think she really learned much from it. Mm. You get that impression where she sort of just kind of went through it. And I'm not sure she learned all that much, unfortunately. Mm-hmm. Just had a really bad day or two. I don't know how many uh, days this takes place over it. It felt like it was a couple of days, but yeah. just just had kind of a bad time. For sure. Yeah, it's a tragedy of broken down relationships with Kate and Sawyer and Jack. Um, that triangle fractured and messy. Mm-hmm. Uh, and I think what's fascinating about this episode is that Jack and Kate has a relationship problems in it. And the other two main storylines in it that we can talk about, there's two relationships that are actually examples of maybe a better and then even an even better way it could have gone with Mm -hmm. Kate. Um, And we can talk about those, but I actually think that uh, we've gone on for a while here. Maybe we should (laughs) take a break and uh, return after the break. How does it sound? Sounds good. All right. Well, we shall return after a moment on See You in Another Life, brothers, after this. Welcome back to See You in Another Life, Brothers. Uh, we're talking about whatever the case may be. We just got done with uh, crazy bank robber Kate. And now 
we're moving on to everyone else in this episode, which there's a ton of people in this episode. You notice that? It's like the whole cast. It's yeah. Everyone. I think like the only cast member that wasn't in this episode might have been like Jin. Mm-hmm. Well, oh, and Claire. So uh, she's yeah. not around, but. Yeah. But yeah. And, and, and that nice Ethan, too. Where's, where's that guy? Where'd Ethan go? Where's he? Where's that Joker? <laughs> Beating up Jack in the last episode. <sighs> Classic Ethan. Classic Ethan. Oh, and Scott and Steve. Those guys. Where's Scott and Steve. Come Get on. them in this episode. Come on. And where? And you know, we haven't met him yet, but I could have used just a little bit of arst in this episode. I mean, I was, I almost, uh, <laughs> I was wondering if this was the episode they introduced him because they're talking about the the tide coming in, and I I remember him talking about monsoons and all that I stuff. Mean, but that that's later on. But uh, but yeah, we could have used him. Yeah, I forget when they introduce Ars. That'll be fun when when we finally get to him. We can talk about Leslie for a while. Um, <laughs> that might that might be in the finale. You I, might I, be right. It yeah. it's really close to the end of the season. I feel like, but. Well, we'll get there. Can't wait. One of my favorites. <laughs> um, but yeah, so the other people in this episode, and as I mentioned before the break, I think we see a couple relationships in this episode that uh, might be a little more redemptive than what we see with Kate. Said and Shannon is the first one I think we should touch on because they're, they're a big part of the episode where um, Saeed has that conversation at the beginning with Jack and I think Jack sort of guilts him into looking more deeply at Rousseau's maps uh, because it, 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 Saeed's line where he says perhaps some things are better left untranslated is a wise line uh, Saeed has a moment where because he, he saw firsthand how out of it Rousseau is mm. and I think Jack sort of appeals to the more of the man of science side where Saeed's been more of a man of faith right there where he's like, you know what? I think the the wise thing to do would be to just let this be. And Jack's like, no, we have to be practical. We have these maps or we have Rousseau. We, we have to figure it out. Mm-hmm. Uh, and so Saeed, he, he gets Saeed into that more scientific mindset. That's how I kind of see. And, and he appeals, of course, to the fact that Charlie was almost killed as well which gets mm-hmm. Saeed's hero complex sort of going there where we have to, we have to figure this out. <laughs> yeah, totally. Yeah. He, two, two guys who really, you know, can have their hero complex, you know, appealed to, he's like, come on, tell it to, tell it to Charlie over there that, that you don't want to even try and figure out what, what these translations mean. Um, yeah. The, yeah, it's, and it's, cool to see in that scene kind of the different dynamics between those two kind of leader characters motivating uh jack motivating saeed and what needs to be done and kind of setting him on the on the journey he takes in this episode but and also in that scene just something to note is i think saeed has sort of a moment like jack had in raised by another when he was talking to Claire where he's saying this place makes you hear things that aren't actually there. Saeed, finally, he, he says in this episode, the whispers were the wind. Um, mm. He's he's doubting what he heard, basically. He's sort of going back on 
that that experience and casting doubt on it because I don't think he wants to believe it. But it was actually he knows what he heard, but at the same time he's trying to convince himself it wasn't the case. Right. That's that's an interesting moment. Yep. So we got Saeed. We know where he's coming from. It's sort of like here's the story of a man named Saeed who's trying to um and then here's <laughs> the story of because it is we see sort of their origin where they're coming from in this episode with their we see Saeed's act, interaction with Jack and then we see Shannon's interaction with Boone that sort of inspires her path on this episode mm-hmm. because Boone gets on her for reading a magazine while everyone else is trying to pull stuff out of the surf which I mean everyone, <laughs> it's funny to watch like, all these extras by the way pulling stuff out of the water and just suffering mm-hmm. Meanwhile, like Sawyer's over here trying to pick the case and, and, and Shannon's just reading the magazine. It's almost like the the extras and community <laughs> that they hate. <laughs> they hate the study group. It's sort of a similar <laughs> thing. Where I could see that being the case. I do. I do feel like throughout, especially, you know, the early season one, when so many, you know, like the concern has to be with all of these survivors you know like all of these uh people like how do we how do we survive where do we get food and all this stuff meanwhile all these other main characters are off doing their own you know uh really dramatic emotional journeys and different things that's like guys we just we just literally need to move our camp somewhere else can you help you know (laughs) no i'm too busy having an emotional breakdown over a case and a plane (laughs) little plane a little toy plane really we're, do- <laughs> we're gonna get drown over here trying to save all our stuff <laughs> come on guys come on guys you think because you're so good looking that you can get away with it but <laughs> oh who are we kidding you can um <laughs> but yeah back to shannon boone comes up and basically says you're you're being useless over here people see us as a joke um and that really impacts shannon um i think we should mention that uh also boone frames it kind of dishonestly that he's out there (laughs) he he frames it like he's doing a matter of survival Mm. doing something useful meanwhile she's being useless over here when and he says they're looking for claire you know Boone and Locker doing something that could be a complete waste of time over here <laughs> with this hatch. They don't know what the hatch is. Um, and they're lying about it too. So just kind of funny. Mm-hmm. Uh, they're not being very helpful at all or useful. Yep. Um, Boone's painting himself as, as kind of a hero in that moment, you know, doing something redemptive and yeah, he's uh they're just digging up a piece of metal in the ground for all they know, but mm-hmm. And Locke is having Boone lie about this whole thing. Like that when he grabs the axe and he, you know, he's coming back and Boone complains that he has to take the roundabout way of getting there. And Locke's line is, Locke's line is fascinating where he says the easiest way isn't always the best. Mm. It's like a fortune cookie, man. Um <laughs> such a wise sage <laughs> Locke sitting there cross-legged like a 
speaking his wisdoms. Um, <laughs> but that, that speaks to what Locke is doing. And we get into that more. We won't, I mean, we don't have to get touch on him very much right now, but Locke, he is lying to everyone else about what they're doing out here because he thinks the easy, it, it, it would be easier to tell everyone about this and maybe they could help try to figure out what this hatches and everything. But he thinks he knows better than everyone else. He thinks they're not ready to know about this hatch, as he admits later. Um, so he's he's willing to keep everyone deceived while he's trying to figure out what he thinks he's supposed to do with this hatch. Which, maybe not the best thing in the world. But anyway, getting back to Shannon. Boone is telling Shannon she's useless. And so that's how she's framing who she is. And so that's where we're coming from. Saeed thinks he has an obligation to get these maps. Shannon thinks she has no use at all. And so he comes up to her and says, you know, he, he asks her if she would help because she knows French, of course. And I think her, her response initially is is telling where she says, did my brother put you up to this? Mm. She's thinking of everything through Boone's, how Boone sees her. She understands that he thinks she's useless and she can't get over that. And so that's why she's she's skeptical of Saeed coming to her. And then she li- kind of lives out Boone's prophecy about her by saying, sorry, can't do it right away. Mm-hmm. And well, and it's interesting because like she does have that, you know, moment of Boone saying you know you're useless do something and then you know presumably not that much longer after that Saeed comes along and it's like hey I've got something that only you could help with you know uh you are the perfect person to help with so um it is interesting that she just assumes um you know kind of from from those two interactions like oh okay so so Boone put you up to this, you know, um, which can can kind of make sense. But yeah, it is uh, interesting that then, you know, instead of just taking the opportunity, she's like, no, I don't think I'll take you up on that, you know. Yeah, because she's she just doesn't even want to do it because she's thinking of herself as useless. Which I th- Saeed's response to that is. I think very sweet and please Shannon can you at least try and I think mm-hmm. that the, their interactions throughout this episode it, it's always been one of those weird ones with me with Saeed and Shannon that relationship that just kind of came to be and you're going yeah seems a little weird but you in this episode you see it you understand it because he's he's very sweet with her and for for a while there anyway <laughs> of course mm-hmm. until it, he starts getting frustrated but which he, i actually it actually made me like it more you know like i've i've always felt the same way where their relationship feels kind of almost out of place or like like wait really those two mm-hmm. okay um but i i liked the fact that um in this episode you know he's it feels like he's really sweet with her until um, she starts translating stuff that sounds like nonsense 
and he gets frustrated and the two of them become frustrated with each other from you know uh being impatient or you know all this stuff and she's like i i told you i didn't i'm not like this perfect translator of french i don't know that much um and it actually made me like the the development of their relationship a little bit more because it didn't just feel like oh okay they like each other and now they're flirting with each other and then they you know are in a relationship it felt a little bit more realistic that you know oh they don't she doesn't just help him and it's easy from there like there there is some conflict and they have to work through it together um which was just kind of a cool thing that i had not really noticed about the beginning of those two characters um being together that there was some conflict between the two of them that felt pretty pretty realistic for the task that they were trying to to figure out yeah well i and i think you know yeah i've always thought it fills out of place with saeed and shannon because you know you think of saeed and you think of nadia right that's his Mm -hmm. but in a weird way i think shannon is helping saeed to overcome some of his 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 character default his defects in this because when they're get, when he's getting frustrated with her she's reading these song lyrics he's not getting frustrated with her necessarily he's getting frustrated with the task and completely mm-hmm. overlooking her he's like i know what i want i know that i i understand we need to figure out these this translation because these maps are important because we need to save claire it's very clear and he's completely overlooking this woman who clearly has some some self-confidence issues mm-hmm. and in doing so he's hurting her because you know he he said Zaid hit the line is this was a mistake which he what he means in that moment is translating these maps was a mistake jack was wrong to <laughs> i was right that some things are better left untranslated mm-hmm. he doesn't mean that it was a mistake to ask her to do it but she interprets that as it was a mistake for him to ask me to do it. He he thinks I'm a mistake. And then she says, yeah, haven't you heard? I'm completely useless and runs away. Mm. And I think in Saeed, in that moment when she, she leaves, you see it in his face. He's like, oh, <laughs> I I let, the, let what I was consumed with uh, make me overlook this person. Uh, which mm-hmm. I think we saw that a little bit in solitary where Saeed was uh, consumed with his country and overlooked the woman who he actually cared about uh, and let that destroy their, any chance they had. That sort mm, of that's interesting. That's an interesting connection. Yeah. And I, I think you point out a really good point that, yeah, he just kind of uh, loses focus of, her in the moment of his frustration and of course it falls on her ears as a much different thing um yeah that's that's a really cool moment actually that they were able to write these two characters kind of Saeed's got his own perspective on the situation and she's got a different she's doing this all just to see if she can be useful and then it feels like oh this just confirms how I was feeling all along you know that I'm useless um that's that's pretty cool. I feel like I hadn't 
thought about their two differing, you know, their clashing perspectives in that moment before then. And yeah, and I'd say this one, this relationship we're looking at right here um, is a little bit more redemptive than what we saw with Kate. Because mm-hmm. we do get that last scene where it seems like they've made up a little bit where Shannon does come back to Saeed and she does tell him where she remembers those lyrics from. She finally figures it out. And Saeed is, I think, in the fact that he kind of encourages her to keep going and say, what, 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 what was the song? Because mm-hmm. who can, it, it, Saeed has got to know it doesn't, that has no useful use for him to know what song it was because why would it at this point he's realized Rousseau's notations were complete, just irrelevant to the map. Right. But he, I think he's realized his mistake and he's being kind of sweet in that moment where he's like, you know what? No, you, you figured it out. Tell me. Um, and then the song at the end is sort of the La Mer, or it's somewhere beyond the sea, you know, mm-hmm. is, I think that sort of it, it ties into their whole thing in this episode where somewhere beyond the sea, somewhere waiting for me, my lover stands on golden sands. It's the lyric. And mm-hmm. it sort of relates to where Saeed is in that episode where he's, you know, somewhere beyond the sea, Nadia, but it, it's mm. also right here in front of me. I don't know. I, th- cool. I saw a little bit of a connection there. Yeah. Well, I mean, it is kind of like a a song about someone who is longing for someone else who's who's far away. Mm-hmm. You know, I mean, just just that in itself is like, oh, that's that's Saeed, you know, <laughs> um, that's him sitting on the beach at the beginning of Solitary you know um that's cool i hadn't really even thought about the significance of the song much before other than the idea of just oh beyond the sea you know it's like oh they're you know um on the island and all that so um yeah Yeah. but definitely definitely a much more redemptive sort of relationship in this episode uh than we saw with with kate and and sawyer and jack Mm -hmm. and i think that that line the song relates to a lot of the characters I mean, Shannon, maybe everyone mm. not maybe not literally beyond the sea but kind of they're all sort of longing for something that's not fulfilled mm. shannon included um so it's a very fitting song for the this this episode especially when it ends on kate looking at the plane mm. clearly kate is in that moment too definitely yeah but so we get a bit of a more of a resolution with Said and Shannon, but we need to talk about Rose and Charlie. Oh yeah, because this uh, this is one of my I've I've said I've established it before on the program that uh, Rose is my favorite character on Lost. Um, she's so she's, good. Well, she's not just my she's objectively the best character on Lost. Mm-hmm. Definitely. Yeah. And this episode is all you need to know, basically. This is proof. Uh, Because poor Charlie is 
I, you know, it's hard to imagine how his character where he was, you know, almost hanged to death. The girl he cared about is gone. You feel for him. Um, And so you can understand why he would just shut down after this. And I think a lot of the characters probably everyone else on the island probably thinks, oh, yeah, he's just he needs this. He's, you know, he shut down. Not Rose. Rose takes an approach that uh, might seem a bit insensitive where she reaches out to him and says, you think you're the only person on this island who has something to be sad about? Why are you (laughs) sitting around moping, doing nothing? We're all trying to. Well, well, she is anyway. I don't know about you know all the other main characters who are off doing their own, but she's trying to move the, the thing down the beach. Hey. Um, and she basically, you know, gives Charlie some tough love here. That's how I see it. Mm-hmm. Yeah, I love I love her line. I love like every line that she says in this episode. But I love the line where she's like, you know, I've got sob stories for you. You know, pick <laughs> up the other end of this thing, and <laughs> and I'll tell you. You know. I thought that was so so great and almost feels yeah I mean it's it's kind of tough love um but uh you know we see by the end of the episode where it ends up being such a good thing but at first you're like oh man is 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 it okay to even talk to Charlie right now and she just goes for it because she knows that it's not good for him to be moping to be alone um and so she she's like well you need to do something uh so why don't you join me um and yeah i just love the whole all of their interactions in this episode are so wholesome and so uplifting because she's she's seeing him at this horrible horrible point and he lists off all the reasons to her you know like there's um there's a monster in the jungle that we haven't heard from in a couple weeks, but you know, it's definitely coming back. There's people trying to kidnap us, you know, and, um, and all that stuff. And she, uh, just basically is like, you know, I, I forget it actually, even how she addresses his concerns and that, but mm-hmm. she's, she's basically just like, well, like, what are, what are we doing now? You know? Mm-hmm. Yeah. She kind of gets cuts to the core of it. When she responds, she says, Charlie, nobody blames you. Oh, that's right. Uh, yeah. Uh, but she she brings, she cuts to the core of it. Um, Charlie's sort of throwing these things out as, you know, sort of defense mechanisms. He, he feels terrible. Um, but he's trying to justify it, basically. And she says, nobody blames you. And Charlie mm-hmm. reveals how he actually feels, where he says, maybe I should have died. Which, uh, it, Rose's response to that is, you know, what I think Charlie, you need to ask for help. Hmm. Which, in this, in the context of this episode, that's sort of the key. You know, we're watching Kate um, saying at the beginning of the episode, "I can fend for myself," and we we see Saeed actually reach out and ask for help for to Shannon and Shannon and that, that whole thing kind of break down, but Charlie, you need to ask for help. Mm. If Kate had only asked for help, 
things would have been different. Genuinely ask for help. And that's what Rose is, is saying here. Mm-hmm. You can't just keep, because you're going to end up like Kate, trapped in your own misery at the end of the episode. Mm-hmm. And uh, she's right about that. Mm-hmm. Well, and in the, ultimately, you know, in the, in that final scene with, with Charlie and Rose, um, when he, when they're sitting by the fire and he, uh, asks Rose for help and she says, I, I can't help you. Um, and so then, you know, she begins to pray, um, and they're, they're going to ask God for help. You know, I love the way in that scene, you know, we just get the beginning of her praying and then they kind of transition away which is a really cool transition by the way mm-hmm. into you know the scene with shannon and saeed but um as they're panning away we just get the beginning of the prayer which is she begins by saying uh god thank you for bringing us together tonight mm. um which is i think like you were saying to me like one of the most important ideas of the episode that they need you know, like Jack's phrase, like, if we can't live together, we're going to die alone. Thank you for bringing us together. Like, she and Charlie needed to be together um, to be able to direct each other. You know, she's, because they're together, she's able to point him to the place where he can go for help. Mm -hmm. Um, And throughout the episode, it's happening all throughout the background of the episode, but... um, all of these castaways are helping each other so that they can move to a safer location along the beach. Mm. Um, and so it's just really cool how at the the culmination of this episode, we, we can kind of see the contrast between all of these people who are together sitting around fires. You know, they, they've moved to a safer location. Um, we get resolution with Shannon and Saeed. We get a resolution with um rose and charlie as she says thank you for bringing us together and then we see the contrast between all of that and kate alone by the fire um which is just just a really cool moment uh to show where everyone's at but also just points to a larger thing um larger theme for lost that is you know they need each other all of these Mm -hmm. people need each other um and they need to be brought together um in order to thrive yeah totally i I, yeah it's clearly there's power in being together and being really together not just how kate goes to jack and tries to get into the case on false pretenses it's Mm. charlie i think it's significant in that scene where he comes to rose he comes to rose Mm. um she's sitting there he comes to her I think that speaks volumes about his character where he's he's realized that he needs other people. Uh, he's tried to sit on his own after this and just kind of shut down. And he, he knows Rose is right. Um, and so, yeah, they're together. And I want to, I want to just comment on, you know, the Rose. Yeah. Rose says, I'm not the one who can help you, mm. pointing to her faith. She says, it's a fine, nile, a fine line between denial and faith. 
it's much better on my side. Mm. She she states it that she is a woman of faith. Um, but her faith is in her heavenly Father, and I think that that speaks to a larger thing in Lost, a larger kind of theme. You know, we faith is huge in Lost, and Locke is we call Locke the man of faith in the in the series because he's that's what he he has this faith, but his faith is in the island. Mm-hmm. Rose's faith is in something beyond the island. And I say what well, that's why it's it's it shows that faith on its own is not the virtue. The mm-hmm. the it's it matters what you put your faith in. It's not just a virtue just to have faith. Um the reason Rose is so content and so happy and Charlie just can't figure out why is because her faith is in God. It's not in the island. Mm. Um, even though, and we find out this later, but even though the island is what healed her. Right. You know, her faith is still not put there. But I'm getting far, too far ahead here. Maybe I should put <laughs> I'm ahead. But, and we could talk about this later in the series. But that's why Rose is such a, important character and such a key to the series because that's Mm -hmm. the example when you look at why Locke is maybe not he has this faith but he's not always he doesn't understand I think that's the key because his Mm -hmm. his his god is imperfect Mm -hmm. in the island so I love that I think that's such an important point to bring up and I think that's gonna be an important point to remember in a lot of episodes like it Mm -hmm. matters what you put your faith into because there is that dichotomy throughout the whole series the the contrast between like the the man of faith and the man of science and everything but it it matters where that faith is directed um Mm -hmm. and it matters for where each of those characters stories end up you know um that's really cool. I man, Rose is the best. <laughs> yeah. Rose, you're the real MVP. <laughs> if only if only they were all more like Rose. Although then it wouldn't be as <laughs> wouldn't be nearly as uh entertaining. We wouldn't get crazy bank robber Kate, that's for sure. That's uh, true. So we do need some of that conflict. <laughs> well, that uh I think that pretty much wraps it up for this week's show i guess i should mention the you know we do get shannon singing there at the end and we get Mm. that shot uh where she's singing then they pan over and boone is kind of staring at her yeah staring at them you're like "Mm, what's the deal there it's kind of ominous (laughs) a bit ominous and i think we're gonna learn more about that next week's episode hmm little bit of hearts and minds action coming up which uh, <laughs> i'm looking forward to getting into that one because i don't really re- I, I i remember the gist of that one it's a really good episode but uh i'm looking forward mm-hmm. to watching it again it's been a while so it's been a while it's been a while i really don't remember that episode very much at all so yeah mm-hmm. i'm excited for that one 
yeah, but that that's for another uh, another week. But uh, thanks for as always, buddy. Thanks for talking lost with me this week. It's a lot of fun. Oh yeah, I'm I'm always glad to do it. Yep. But uh, until next week, I suppose we will see you in another episode, brothers. Bye. Mm-hmm.